sometimes you think this is just going to be another Sunday, and then you enter into the presence of God, and you realize there's no ordinary time when you gather together. So, Tim, Eric, thank you for leading us. Um, I'm excited. About two months ago, I got me a new pair of sunglasses. You laugh. Holy smokes, that is some big pictures right there. <laughs> Here's how it happened. Okay, after church one Sunday, about two months ago, I went and I saw Aaron. Now, Aaron's watching online. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Hannah. Aaron, thank you for this. Aaron was about to walk outside. He put on his sunglass, and I'm like, oh, those are cool, right? And immediately, my don't covet your neighbor's stuff kicked in. <laughs> so I went to the store that afternoon, and they were closed. But anyways, I went to the store the next day, and I bought myself a new pair of sunglasses. I haven't bought a pair of sunglasses in like 12 years, so I don't have a problem, but uh, the whole covet thing, you know, it happened. I, I want to put these on, and I, I want you to be honest, okay? How do they, how do they look? Yeah, Gary, Gary's the only honest one in here. He's like, uh-uh. No. Yeah, it's a red, yeah, red, red, green, right? See, somebody in my household says, James, looks like you pulled those out of a cereal box in the 1970s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I won't preach the entire sermon in this, but I tell you what, these have literally changed the way I see the world. Hey, you got a pair on, too. Hot dog. Yeah, use your dog lens. My- Mine are, mine are red lenses. Okay? I don't know if you can see them from way out there, but yeah, they're green frames, red lenses, and literally, I'm finally getting to experience the world through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> you guys laugh, but this has changed things for me. Like, seriously, sometimes I forget that they're on, and this time of year especially, man, these rose-colored glasses, they make the, the colors that are out there vibrant. They make them glorious. I mean, it was, it was like late July, and I was wearing these, and I'm like, is it fall already? Because green leaves were turning red and everything. They are just amazing. When I wear them, I feel like I'm in a Thomas Kincaid painting, right? Glowing and vibrant. Of course, the idiom to wear rose-colored glasses has nothing to do with rose-colored glasses. It has people who see life through a certain lens. No pun intended. Uh, wow, that was not planned or written down. I'm sorry. I'll just, well, I should stop now, but I'm not going to. I'm keep going. Rose-colored glasses talk about people who have a certain perspective in life. They see things positively. They're upbeat. They're hopeful. They choose to see the good in life. They choose to see the positive. All right? Now, I was wondering this last week, after spending time in the Ten Commandments last week, could we choose to see the rules that we live by in a positive light. That makes sense? So often rules are don't do this, don't do that. Could we flip them to where they're actually positive? Maybe a couple of examples will help. Uh, kids, raise your hands if you had kids in the new era where there is screen time. Okay, yeah, the, the several parents that are still in here, those working in, in childcare. One of the greatest punishments, excuse me, rules, guidelines, for kids is no screen time, right? You walk in, Tane's like, no kidding. You walk in, and they've been on their screens all day, their phones, their tablets, their computers, their TVs, whatever it is, and you're like, no more screen time. That's a rule. 
You reach a certain point, no more screen time. Now, you say that, and what happens? Tears. Meltdown. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you guys work with kids. Right? But what if you changed it to something positive? Instead of don't do screen time, you change it to let's go have an adventure with your sibling. Ooh. All of a sudden, it's don't do compared to go and do. Tracking with me? Maybe a couple of more will make this a little bit more uh, obvious. Don't run in church. Man, I have heard that since I was old enough to run. And I have heard some of you say it to me also. Um, I know, right? But when we're talking to the younger ones, don't run in church. They're like, why are you restricting me? Why are you holding me back? They, they may not say it like that, but, you know, it's what they think. Don't versus, how about this? Love your grandparents well. You don't want to knock your grandparents over, so love them well by slowing down. Are you tracking with me how we're doing this? We're flipping the negative to the positive. A couple more. Don't go off trail. For those that like to go hiking, backpacking, any of those things, you're like, man, look at those wildflowers over there. I want to go, go, I want to. But you can't because the science says don't go off trail. What about this? Be guardians of the gophers. <laughs> Trying to put my glasses back on to say that. <laughs> guardians of the gophers. Right? You're protecting wildlife. There's a reason why they say don't go off trail. It's positive. I want to be a guardian of the gophers. All right? Don't litter versus keep Spokane beautiful. You're seeing what I'm doing here, flipping it, right? From the negative to the positive. If uh, a sibling, a spouse, a kid walks in and says, and they're wearing something that just doesn't look good on them, you could say, oh, don't wear that. That makes you look fill in the blank. Okay? Don't fill in the blank. Don't say it out loud. Okay? Or you could say, hey, wear this because it brings out your eyes. Going from a don't to a do. Track it with me? When you look at the positive, it positively changes your outlook. Huh. When you look at the positive, it positively changes your outlook. We are going to spend time today in Ephesians chapter 4. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there with me. If you have one of these sheets, it's on the back. It's real little. You might need some magnifying glasses to read it. If you don't have one of these sheets, everybody's going to need one today, so go ahead and raise your hand, and Pat's going to bring them around. we got a hand over here, Pat. So everybody needs to have these. Okay? We're going to spend some time in Ephesians 4. Now, Ephesians 4, 17 through 520, as you're reading it, you're going to see that there's a fair amount of the prohibitive. Don't do this. Stop doing that. But there's also a little bit of the positive. In the middle of this section, there is a glaring positive. Found in verse 23 and 24. The Apostle Paul tells the church in Ephesus. He says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on a new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Positive. Let the Spirit change your thoughts. Let the Spirit change your attitudes. Put on, right? It's active. You've got to put on, like glasses, this new nature. This seems to me to be more of a positive approach. We're going to look at the Ten Commandments through those lenses today. Let's look and see if the positive will positively change our outlook. Let me pray. Uh, God, we, uh, today we, we look at some things that we know. But we're asking that you help shift our, our perspective, help shift our lens, help shift the way we see 
some things that are, uh, are familiar. Give us ears to hear what you want to say this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so last week we started a two-week sermon series on faith as a way of life. A way of life. We've been doing two-week sermon series all year because we've been doing something called the catechumenate, the uh, study of the basics in our faith. Uh, for those that don't know, for the better part of this year, since like February on, we've been kind of partnering with Whitworth and doing this study, and about half the people in our church are doing it. Raise your hand if you've done any of the catechumenate study. Okay, so we're about half, right? And over the last six weeks or so, maybe seven weeks, we've taken a break from it. Uh, we've kind of got off this ship that we've been using as an analogy. We've been on this journey together. We've said, go take some leave, have a break, and now we're returning to it. So if you haven't returned to your catechumenate groups yet, uh, do so. This is the, uh, let's get back on a boat and let's finish the next six weeks well together. All right, there's, there's my little plug for catechumenate. Let's return to this, these rose-colored glasses. We looked uh, last week at Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, the two places where the Ten Commandments are written. And we noticed there was one big difference. In Deuteronomy 5, or excuse me, in Exodus 20, when God says, keep the Sabbath holy, he said, do this because I've done it, right? Do it because I've told you to do it. But in Deuteronomy 20, or excuse me, Deuteronomy 5, I will get this right, God said, keep the Sabbath holy because you were once slaves and now you're free. So live into that freedom. He almost flipped it a bit. When I looked at the text I was supposed to be preaching on today that I determined, you know, last October, I, th I thought, okay, good, I'm getting away from the Ten Commandments. Not that I don't like them, not that we shouldn't follow them, but I thought we covered all I wanted to last week. And it didn't take me long to realize as I was reading Ephesians 4, 17 to 520, that this is Paul's version of the Big Ten. This is the New Testament account of the Ten Commandments. It's just not listed one through ten. So here's what we're going to do. Here's where I told you it was going to be a little bit more like a classroom engagement than just a sermon. I'm going to read this passage. It's a longer passage. You can see. Small print. But what I would love for you to do is grab a pen, a pencil from the seat pocket in front of you, and as we go through, look for each of these Ten Commandments and look for the verse that it's in. It's not going to be word for word. All right? For example, uh, actually, we filled one in for you. It should be a line up. Number eight says, you shall not steal. When you hear me read uh, Ephesians 4.28, you're going to hear, if you are a thief, quit stealing. So you would write down Ephesians 4.28 next to where it says F, E-P-H, right? That's short for Ephesians. Makes sense? So on this first time through, you're just looking for the verses in Ephesians that line up with the Big Ten. Got it? Questions? All right. I'll read slow and write it down as we go. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 5, verse 20. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Jesus Christ. Since you have heard about him and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. 
Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies, he says. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all part of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger get control of you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Verse 30. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Chapter 5 begins... Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Verse 6. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Verse 10. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything invisible. That is, or visible, excuse me. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the word of the Lord this morning. All right, did you get all ten? No? Do you need a couple of minutes to cheat off your neighbor? It's fine. I mean, we could give you a couple of minutes. How about this? We're going to talk a little bit, all right? I'm going to pull this stool up so it doesn't seem like I'm preaching at you, and we're going to talk about these. If you're watching online, I encourage you guys to put your answers in the comment box, and our tech, our tech team will get them up to me, um, and we will learn this together. Sound good? Amen. 
something different today. It's almost like it's Sunday school in the middle of church time. Woohoo! I love it. All right. Uh, number one. Big Ten Commandment number one. Let's read this together. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Which verses in Ephesians 4 or 5 fit this? Did you guys get any? Go ahead, shout it out, anybody? Let me see what the tech team is bringing in. That's good. Okay. Anybody? I, I had some more time than you guys to do this exercise. I had an entire week. You guys had like six minutes. So uh, I have a couple of examples. All right. I, I looked at that, um, having, the, having no other gods before God, and thought, huh, could verse, chapter 4, verse 18 fit in there, where it talks about them hardening their hearts against him. I mean, that would be putting something else in front of God, right? Uh, thought the verse, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, where it says, imitate God. Act like him, think like him, do the things he does. That would be putting him first. Make sense? Okay, this is, might be a little bit more challenging than I thought. We're going to go to number two. <laughs> I love it. Steve's like, yep. Epic fail, professor. There's a reason you talk the whole time and don't teach. <laughs> uh, number two. Read it with me. You shall not worship false gods. All right. Which verses in Ephesians 4 or 5 fit with that? Chapter 5, 5, yes, where it talks about worshiping the things of the world. Good, I had that one too. Any others? Hey, works good for me. Did, so let me ask this question, because I may end up giving you a few minutes to work on this. If you, do you have any answers for any of the Big Ten? Okay. Okay, good. Okay, so, good. Well, we'll fill them in as we go. Number three, read it with me. You shall not take my name in vain. You shall not take my name in vain. Chapter 4, verse 29, yeah, it talks about no use foul or abusive language. Good, what else? Chapter 5, verse 4, yes, thank you, Owen. Uh, obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. Those are things that we shouldn't be doing. Maybe chapter 4, verse 30, also, where it talks about not, so, not sorrowing God's spirit by the way you live. Um, you guys may be wondering, how, how, do we, how does that fit in with taking the Lord's name in vain? We'll, we'll get there. Okay, number four. Read it with me. You shall keep the Sabbath day holy. All right, this one's kind of challenging, but do you see any verses that could correlate with that? 519, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Ooh, that's good, David. Singing songs, hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your heart. I like that because we typically do that on the Sabbath day. Good, very good. Any others? Don't feel bad if you don't get them. Just write them in as we go. Um, I, I went back to chapter 5, 1, and 2 again, that idea of imitating God. Uh, if God rested on the Sabbath, so should we. Uh, Exodus 20. Any others? 
We're, we're going to get creative in a little bit, all right? <laughs> I feel it. I sense it deep in my bones. All right, number five. Read that with me. Honor your father and mother. Ooh. Which passages in here might fit with that? 432. Uh, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Yeah, that sounds like parents that do a lot of that to you, and we ought to respond to doing that to them. Yep. Chapter 4, verse 30 talks about being identified as God's. So there's that kind of parent-child relationship. It could fit there. Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but others? Number six, read it with me. You shall not murder. Did Paul say don't murder in here? He didn't say no. It's not in here. Okay? No. But what verse could correlate to that? 431. 431. How come? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mentioning uh, rage and danger and bitterness and anger. Um, absolutely. What did Jesus say when he was talking about this verse? Yeah, you have heard it said, do not murder, but I say in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 to 23, I think we have it up on the screen, you have heard it said, you must not murder, but if you, if you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But if you say, but I say, if you're even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call somebody an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court, and if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar of the temple and suddenly you remember that someone has something against you, go and make it right is how that finishes. All right. So, yeah, uh, chapter four, verse 31 definitely fits in there. Um, 426 and 427. I had that same thing in there. Yeah. Don't sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Very good. Thank you, David. All right, number seven. Read it with me. You shall not commit adultery. Where do we see that in here? Chapter five, verse three. Good. Where else? Four twenty-two. Yes, talking about your old life corrupted by lust and corruption or deception. Good. There's another place in there too. give you a hint. It's after 18, but before 20. 419. Good. Great. Thank you. I found that same one, too. <laughs> okay. Now, number eight. Read it with me. You shall not steal. Which one fits with that? Good job. Well done. Well done. I'm proud of you guys. That was awesome. Was there any others in there? think so either. All right. Number nine. Read it with me. You shall not lie. Yep. Yep. Chapter four, verse 25. Stop telling lies and telling our neighbors the truth. Any others? Chapter four, verse 22, talking about an old life that's corrupted by lust and deception. All right. Number 10. Read it with me. You shall not never want what belongs to others. 
That's being worded nicely. You shall never want what belongs to others. What fits in there? Five verse five. Yep, yep, yep. Five, five. Don't be a greedy person, right? Five, three also talks about greed. Good, good. All right. Okay, so hopefully you jotted some notes down as we went. I'd encourage you to spend a little time with this this week and see if there's any other things that fit. Uh, a lot of, you noticed in here as we read, there was a, a lot of the prohibitive. Paul uses the get rid of and don't use this and stop doing this. But he did kind of flip it a few times and said positive things instead. I want us to finish, and here's where we will get creative. The same way Jerry finished in his video, the catechumenate video, he took the Ten Commandments, eight of which are said in the negative or in the prohibitive, and he turned them positive. All right? He did what I did with that uh, no screen time versus let's go have an adventure with your sibling. Um, I want to do that. We're not changing scripture. Let me just uh, make sure we know that. We're not saying this, thus saith the Lord. We're just looking at this through a different type of lens. All right? So here's where we really do want you to be creative. We do got some answers from our people online. They didn't even, well, they knew we were doing this. You guys didn't know it was coming. Okay? Um, but we'll, we'll do this, and we just want to see how we can restate these in the positive. All right? Um, I'm going to read the answers Jerry gave. So I'm, I didn't create these, but I want to give you guys a chance to do some of those first so we don't get kind of stuck in group think. All right, so for example, uh, first commandment, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods before me. What's a, what's a positive way to say that? Put God first. I like that. Who said that? Raise your hand. Thank you, Susan. Well done. I love it. If, if I ever am confused about something, I can call Susan and say, hey, talk to me like I'm a second grader. <laughs> She's good at that. Put God first. How else could we say that positively? Alex? Yep, love God with, yeah, we can continue it with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love God, yeah. Uh, Jerry said, God is center. Um, when we look at like what Jesus says in Revelation chapter 22, he says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I mean, he's just there. He's always center. All right, so if one of those definitions, uh, those reworked, renewed definitions, you like that, go ahead and write it down on that blank line uh, after the, uh, the front slash. Um, just making sure that I don't miss any of our online people. All right, so second one. You shall not worship false gods. How can we turn that positive? Someone online just uh, wrote in, all glory to God. That's Dominique. I mean, that's a way of keeping false gods not front and center. Give God all the glory. Only worship God. Okay. Say again. I am all you need. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, leaning in on God being all we need. Uh, Jerry talked about don't reduce God to something less than he is. Um, and I, I like the way he said that too. In Romans chapter 1, verse 25, Paul says, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. All right, 
You guys are getting the hang of this, right? You're like, I want to go home. I don't like being in school. <laughs> Number three, you shall never take my name in vain. How could we rephrase that? And maybe even think outside of just using Jesus or God as a curse word. This one's kind of tricky. Speak positive. Okay, that's good. Speak life. Okay, that's good. Good. Be kind. Speak kindly. I like those. I'm repeating them so our online congregation can hear them as well. Uh, Jerry, Jerry says, always treat God seriously. Um, you know, instead of taking his name in vain, uh, whatever you say or do, Colossians 3, 17, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. All right, number four, uh, always keep the Sabbath day holy. Rest. That's what Patty said. Patty's one of our online people today. She says, take a rest day every week. Sounds good. How many of you do that? And it doesn't have to be Sunday. Thank you, Pat. Anybody else? How would you how would you rephrase that? <laughs> I'm just gonna say it in a different language. Siesta. Someone online said, have a restful Sunday. That's Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. I hope you guys are enjoying camping. Um, Jerry says, he talks about trusting God's provision for our lives. You know, I think that's one of the reasons that he calls us to take a Sabbath day, to remind us that the world does keep spinning even if we're not trying to spin it. Um, we can rest, and he's going to continue to provide for us. You look at Matthew chapter 6, 31 to 34, and uh, Jesus is talking about, look at the birds of the, the air and the flowers of the field, and doesn't God provide for them, and how much greater you are than him, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow's a, uh, tomorrow will have enough worries of its own. Trust God's provision for our lives. Now, another way we could say that, Jerry mentioned it, be before we do. You know, to, to stop, to rest in him. This, that really focuses on who we are. We're his children. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's hard to do. It's hard to just be. All right, number five. Uh, honor your father and mother. Um, Dominique says, love and respect your parents. How else could we rewrite that? Follow those in authority. Thank you. Art, you mentioned this to me after Sunday, after service last week. Jerry had talked about that. Uh, not just a father and mother, but all people in authority are due our respect and honor. Um, Romans 13, 1 and 2, everyone must submit to the governing authorities. For all authorities, even parents, that's my addition, have been placed there by God. All right. Number six. Maybe these last four will be a little bit easier. All right, or these last five. Number six, you shall not murder. How can we phrase that positive? Value life. Value life. Okay, good. Say that. Love one another. Love one another. Awesome. Yeah. How else? Uh, Mike Means online says protect life. Choose life. Choose life. 
good song. Anybody else? Are you writing these down as we go? I hope you are. Uh, preserve life. You know, Jesus said my purpose is to give them a life and life to the fullest. Uh, rich and satisfying life. All right, number seven. You shall not commit adultery. Think bigger than just, uh, well, think bigger than just that. Say that again. Be faithful. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. How else? Let what you have be enough. That's well said, Eric. I like that. I like that a lot. Anything else? Yeah. Don't steal. Well, that's still a don't. We've got to flip that to a positive. Um, but I see where you're going with it, because that does fit in the, uh, in the adultery part. Um, Jerry talked about living a life of loyalty and commitment. Um, I like that. You know, we could keep it in the, uh, the physical, intimacy side of, physical intimacy side of things and talk about Proverbs 5.15 where it says, drink water from your own well, share your love only with your wife. Or in this broader sense, 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, I fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have remained faithful. Michael, I think you said that word, right? Faithful. Number eight, you shall not steal. How do we rephrase that? Share. Did you say that? No. Who said? Oh, good job. I thought it was Steve, but it was a voice from behind. Share. How else? Be generous. Be generous. Yes. Yes. The, that's the complete opposite of stealing. Living in generosity. Okay. Good. Hebrews thirteen sixteen. Don't forget to do good and share with those in need. Share with those in need. These are sacrifices that please the Lord. Number nine. You shall not lie. <laughs> Tell the truth. It's pretty simple. Mike Means says truth only. Um, yeah. Others? Other positive ways? Maybe we should have given you homework last week and had you think about it this week. I apologize. I will learn for next time. All right? Uh, number, what are we on? Number... Are we on 10 already? Oh, 10. 10 also, or 9 could be be trustworthy. Instead of don't lie, be trustworthy. Uh, Jesus says, let your yes be yes or your no be no, right? Are you ready for 10? Number nine, go ahead, Alex. Live an honest life. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. Okay. If you can't tell the truth, shut up. If you can't. See life through rose-colored glasses. If you can't tell the truth, shut up. My boss is, that was Pat Murphy. She is our, uh, she is on our board of directors and serves in 16 different ways. <laughs> Pat, thank you. That's good. Number 10, you shall never want what belongs to others. How can we rephrase that? Be grateful for what you have. That's good. That's really good. How else? Don't be envious. So that's, the, that's, the, that's the, the negative, but I see where you're going with that. Be content. Oh, be content. Yeah, Jerry mentions contentment and gratitude. Philippians 4.11, not that I was ever in need, but I've learned to be content with whatever I have. Uh, 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, godliness with contentment is great gain. 
For we were brought, we, we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. All right, you got, you got positive examples kind of written down? Um, I want you guys to take this home and keep looking at it. Um, but how, how does that just, you know, how does that change the Ten Commandments? We can walk around in life thinking, okay, I'm not going to kill, I'm not going to steal, I'm not going to lie. And you have this checklist, but instead if we're like, wait, God is sinner. I'm not going to reduce him to what he is, and I'm going to take him seriously. I'm going to trust him for his provision. I'm going to trust the authority he's put there. I'm going to preserve life, live committed, loyal, work hard, be trustworthy, trust God's meeting of our needs, and be content. It kind of changes things, doesn't it? Well, it changed it for me this last week. I'm glad, I'm glad I could enjoy this, this assignment this past week. Uh, <laughs> it changed it for me. So what I would encourage you guys to do, we're going to wrap up. I'm going to invite Tim to come back up here. We're going to sing one more song, and I'm going to learn from today. Um, I would encourage you guys to take one of the positives and live that out this week. Uh, I'm going to choose number six, not to murder, uh, partially because I'm not going to murder, uh, but also because I want to give life. I want to look for places and, and opportunities where I can be an encouragement to other people. Um, and that's where I'm going to try and preserve life. Let me pray, and then we'll, uh, we'll sing one more song. Lord, I thank you for chances to look through a different lens, to, uh, to see rules that we are very familiar with from a new angle. Lord, I pray that we would never be uh, content with just not doing, but that we will flip it to what we can do. Help us see ways that we can do that in our everyday lives this week in particular. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.